ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, and thanks for listening to episode 17 on RBFTT Rangers Battlefield for the Truth. It is April 12th, 2022 at 2100 or 9 p.m. here on uh, Mountain Time here in Arizona. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, I was planning on doing it this weekend for Easter, but we have just so much information just this past week and a half since I've done my last one. I couldn't wait any longer. I was like, this is this is an overload of information that I have to get to. So we're going to get to some COVID news, some Russia-Ukraine news, um, a lot of other Disney news, Disney gay agenda updates, and um, a lot of other miscellaneous other news that we'll hit at the end. So first, with the COVID news, TikTok star uh, Joyce Kulla, uh she's 24 years old, uh, she died suddenly from a uh, brain aneurysm. So maybe I'll do that for Easter Sunday as one of my episodes. A died a I should do a died suddenly episode. Just I'll come up with a bunch of articles uh cuz you see them all over the place. Died suddenly of a heart attack, of a heart just stopped, or a brain aneurysm, or something, where young people are just dying suddenly. It's like the new, the new thing now, you know. And and we all know what it's from. We all know that it's from the vaccines, and. They're trying everything to suppress this information that's coming out with more deaths. I think, personally, you're going to have a lot more stuff being come out to the point where they reintroduce uh, some type of new lockdown later this year, early next year, uh, sometime during the winter, and really just try to hide the COVID deaths with either another variant, um, they'll blame it on that, or some other type of um, contagion bioweapon that gets released. But the, uh, and, now, and, and now why am I saying this? Because in the New York Times, well, one, you have Bill Gates, before we get to that, we have, you have Bill Gates 
weeks ago come out and say, hey, we need to be prepared for the next pandemic, bioterrorism, um, you know, you had uh, vials of um, smallpox, smallpox that was being found in Pennsylvania. Um, you have a lot of these different, I call them like puzzle pieces, that if you just look at one piece, it's it's not, I wouldn't say it's not anything, but it's hard to make it into a big story. But now if you put all those together, you start to see the bigger picture and you're like, whoa, what's going on? Um, part of that piece is here from what I saw from the New York Times a few days ago that put out uh, how to prepare for a new wave of COVID. So they're already getting you mentally prepared for uh, a new variant. Um, I know they just found a new variant called uh, called Z or Z, Zoo, whatever the, whatever the hell it is. It's XE, the XE variant. Um, then now you got China basically locking down millions in Shanghai, like 26 million people in Shanghai. Um, they're starving. They're killing the dogs and animals. Um, it's just total fucking anarchy, total fucking dictatorship, total fucking genocide. But I don't see United States going over there and NATO taking control of China and, you know, slapping China on the wrist with some sanctions. I don't see people... Uh, you know, putting up a fucking Shanghai, uh, save save Shanghai, on their fucking Facebook post, or a picture of the city of Shanghai as their picture profile, or dumping out anything Chinese, right? I mean, if you dumped out anything Chinese, you basically wouldn't have anything left in your fucking house, because everything's owned by China. But continuing with the article. Listen to, 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 to how the New York Times tells you how to prepare for the new wave of COVID. Pay attention to COVID indicators in your community. Have a high-quality mask. Order home COVID tests sooner rather than later. Get a pulse ox oximeter. Make a plan for antiviral drug treatment. Have backup plans for travel and social events. And of course, get your booster shot. Now, there's a... Uh, out of all the things they mentioned in that article, and it was a long article, um, there was no mention of, hey, why don't you just take your fat ass to the gym? Why don't you hit the treadmill, the elliptical? Why don't you take yourself into a steam room or a sauna room, and why don't you just sweat out, sit in there for 15, 30 minutes, and sweat out all of your toxins? Hey, why don't you go on a diet? Why don't you eat a few more salads and have a few less trips to McDonald's? Hey, why don't you have some vitamins, like vitamin D, vitamin C, which even the CDC says a lot of these people who 
who were hospitalized due to COVID, they were high. They were either one obese, ha, huh, eating healthy and going to the gym fixes that. And these people were also highly deficient in vitamin D and C, huh? Well, you can take vitamins for that too. If you can't get your ass outside, take vitamins. Take take. Uh, there's a multitude of different. I'm not gonna get into all the vitamins. There's a multitude of different vitamins that you can take during the day. Um, I know at night after I take all my vitamins during the day, at night I take um, uh, zinc, elderberry, elderberry, and um, uh, what's it called? Uh, melatonin before I go to bed. So it's constantly. I do it like every other day. I take that sh- that stuff every other day. Um, but there, there's no mention of that. So, I mean, how are you supposed to prepare for a new wave of COVID when none of this stuff, even the booster shot, which we'll get into later, doesn't protect you from, uh, from any of the waves previously, let alone any new wave of COVID that's going to be coming up? Because it's not, none of this stuff is meant to keep you healthy. All this stuff that they, that they look, you going to the gym, you going on a diet, you buying vitamins, that doesn't make these uh, big pharma corporations and the government money. That doesn't get Fauci on the cover of Time magazine. You know what does? Getting your fucking COVID vaccine. Going and getting your booster shot. Going and getting your second booster shot. Buying high, buying uh, masks from all these corporations, getting uh, ordering your home COVID test kits that we spent billions of dollars on from China, going to uh, hospitals and getting random antiviral drug treatments. Right, it's it's all about pumping money into the hospitals, pumping money into the government. Pumping money into pharmaceutical companies. You going to the gym, you going on a diet, you going on a vitamins, that's that's that doesn't cost really any money. And especially with them, they're not getting anything from that. The government, hospitals, big pharma, they're not getting nothing from that. That's why they they don't care to tell you about any of this stuff. From CBS News, a detective tried to uncover a vaccine status of dead infants. This is from uh, March. Uh, this is from last month. Um, this is from uh, in uh, Ottawa, Canada. Um, he's basically under investigation. This detective from the Ottawa Police Force uh, under investigation for questioning parents as to basically what happened with their kids. He was asking them, "Hey, are, were they vaccinated?" Like that, trying to basically question the cause of death. And so uh, apparently he didn't get the memo that Canada is um, under the rule of a tyrant named Trudeau. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut from the force. And um, yeah, they probably just show up to his house, suicide him. And, um, you know, they just leave him there and they said he, they'll just say he blew his own head off. Now, in other news, Moderna recalls 7,000, 
764, sorry, Moderna recalls 764,000 vaccine doses after contamination. And this is coming from the Epoch Times. So, I'm supposed to feel comfortable to take this Moderna shot. But they have nearly a million doses, almost 800,000 vaccine doses that have been recalled after contamination. So clearly, they can't even properly store or transport the the vaccine. If you can't even properly transport or you know or or, um, or store in the proper temperature that's necessary for these vaccines to be effective, then what confidence do I have that, that these vaccines even work? Same thing with uh, again from the Epoch Times, FDA recalls the Disney branded hand sanitizers after uh, cancer carcinogens carcinogens um, were found. So I mean, again, these people can't even make hand, a fucking hand sanitizer. They, these people can't even store and transfer vaccine doses properly. They can't even fucking make a, a Disney brand hand sanitizer. But I'm supposed to feel confident and trust them when they say the vaccine's safe and effective. From the Epoch Times, unsafe levels of uranium present in American public drinking water. 290 million people in the United States found high amounts of uranium. 63% of community water systems were infected. I mean, just more news on, I mean, it's, again, if you can't keep, if you can't even give me clean drinking water, if I can't drink out of this faucet right here, then I'm supposed to be convinced that, that you found a vaccine that uh, in, in less than six months that basically uh, prevents me from dying of COVID? <clears throat> now, there's an article also on the Epoch Times. Let me pull it up. It's uh, Pfizer hired 600 employees due to large increase of adverse events event reports. So, and this is coming uh, from a document straight from Pfizer. Pfizer hired 600 employees in the months after its COVID-19 vaccine was authorized in the United States due to the large increase of, of reports of side effects linked to the vaccine, according to a document prepared by the company. Pfizer has taken, a, has taken a multiple actions to help alleviate the large increases of adverse event reports, according to the document. This includes significant technology enhancements and process of, and workflow solutions, as well as increasing the number of data entry and, can, and case processing 
uh, colleagues. So basically, isn't it funny? Because listen, back in when did these vaccines come out? When when were they pushed out to the public? Early 2021. Yeah, they were pushed out. And I think you started seeing millions of Americans start taking them probably by the spring of 2021. Uh, and basically the whole time, the beginning of 2021, it was, it's safe and effective. 100%. 100% safe, 100% effective. Then it waned into middle of the year. Well, listen. We know it's not 100% effective. Um, it, it's not even 100% safe anymore. Um, but there's like one side effect. Your arm hurts. And listen, you might still get COVID, but you definitely won't die from COVID. Like you won't even get sick. So, and then we all know that was proven false. And now it's just gotten to the point where um, none of these vaccines are effective at all. In fact, there's multiple reports that we'll go over where, um, you know, like reports and studies in Israel where these vaccines and the boosters wane over time. And when I say wane over time, I'm not talking about years. I'm not even talking about uh really like like six nine months like a year i'm talking about weeks i'm talking about these things wane over over time period of weeks and and how many how many times did pfizer and all the mainstream media and the government come out and say listen there's no adverse events like there's like you can't you can't listen to the the adverse event reports uh, you know, listen to us. But then here, Pfizer is hiring 600 employees to um, to basically cope and work, and work with the, the large amount of uh, increase of adverse events. Interesting, because if it's if it wasn't true, why would you need to hire more employees for this? Over in Pennsylvania, this is from the Epoch Times. Over in Pennsylvania. They're calling it a, uh, a praise and prick. So basically, uh, Pennsylvania is uh, paying churches to convince members to get vaccinated. Uh, many who have chosen not to get the COVID-19 shots have cited religious objections. Now, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf's administration wants church leaders to bring vaccination events into churches. Pennsylvania's public health leaders want to harness the power of community trust in statewide faith-based organizations to convince folks to get a COVID-19 shot. That is, according to the mission statement of the Faith-Based Organization Coalition, which is being formed under the State Departments of Health and is expected to launch April 11th. The state aims to reduce vaccine hesitancy through local innovations in vaccine equity in Pennsylvania which is a grant, uh, or it's, it's called a project, right? Yeah, Project Live PA or something, uh, which is a grant program that pays churches and nonprofits to speak with their people and persuade them to get vaccinated. 
That is $10 for each person-to-person outreach, including direct phone calls, direct text messages, direct social media messages, door-knocking campaigns, and anything that involves one-on-one dialogue promoting the COVID-19 shot. The church or other nonprofit gets another $10 for each person who gets the shot. Hmm. Well, how can you argue with that? I'm sure that's what Jesus would do. Now, I know we spoke uh, more about, where's that study at? Here we go. A large Israeli study, this is also from the Epoch Times, a large Israeli study finds that protection against the COVID-19 from the fourth shot drops quickly. Now, when they say fourth shot, that's the second booster shot. So the original vaccine, I mean, let's just assume, let's, I mean, for the sake of argument here, for, uh, let's just say that the vaccine uh, works, okay? Which, in my opinion, they don't work even for a day. But whatever, okay, whatever CDC, it works. Um, well, according to the data, it only works that first vaccine for, what, five, six months, according to the data? And then the, 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 the booster shot, the third shot, for many, that lasts for three months. So now you have a fourth shot, a second booster shot, and now from the Israeli study, because you see in, in, in Israeli, in Israeli, in, in Israel, they use the same, um, they use Pfizer. So the same thing that America uses, right? We use Pfizer, we use Moderna. Johnson and Johnson, they just use Pfizer, which everybody that I talked to, uh, you know, who who got the shot, when you when you bring up, oh, you didn't get Johnson and Johnson, oh yeah, no, 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 well, I didn't get Moderna either, I got Pfizer, like it's like, it's almost like Moderna and Johnson and Johnson are like, you know, Moderna's like. If you're looking at detergent or something like Moderna's like Gain, Johnson Johnson's like that off star brand, and then Pfizer's like Tide. It's like, oh, I I use do you use Gain? That's pretty good, but I use fucking Tide in my life. That's how they talk about which vaccine they got. And it's like the, you guys are missing. It's like these people are missing the whole point. Your your fucking vaccine doesn't work. But there, but a lot of these people who took the vaccine, they don't want to just step back and say, "Listen, uh, millions of people got tricked into taking this thing." Just come out and say, "Hey, I got fucking tricked, man. They played me good, and they got me." It's better to say that than to. Continue trying to, to to continue to try and convince yourself that you did the right thing and that you trust the government and you trust big pharma. An Israeli study found that a fourth dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine doesn't offer long-lived protection against the Omicron variant of the um, CCP virus. Using Ministry of Health data on more than 1.2 million people, researchers found that a second booster dose 
of the Pfizer vaccine offered protection against significant COVID-19 infections for six weeks. For protection against all virus infections started to drop quickly after four weeks and nearly disappeared after eight weeks, according to the study, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. So, yeah. It's because Pfizer is like one, Pfizer is like six months ahead of where everyone else is at, right? So that's why these studies from Israel are so important. That's when we see these studies from Israel where they're 99, like where the United States is what? I think the last numbers I checked was like 65, 55%. Maybe 65, yeah, 65 almost there, of people who are 100% vaccinated. Uh, I mean, I don't know how they keep record of all that, but I would argue to say that that's lower. I would have to say, I would say it's, I would say it's even 40% of people in the United States that are vaccinated. And that other 20%, they either have a placebo, they got a fake shot, um, or they um, got a, a fake vaccine card. It's one of the two. Now with Israel, though, nine they got they got ninety seven to ninety nine percent of the people totally vaccinated. Now, if you want to say the same thing with them, like hey, some might be placebo, somehow to have vaccine. Uh, uh, fake vaccine cards. Okay, I say that maybe drops it down to eighty-five percent. Um. So we'll, we're going to just say anywhere from eighty-five to like ninety percent of the country over there in Israel are fully vaccinated, and I'm talking about not just the first two. I'm talking about the third booster shot as well, because your little app over there, it they it doesn't work if you don't get your booster. You constantly have to be, as Fauci said, up to date with your shots. Now, that's why it's so important to pay attention to what's happening in Israel, which was happening in Israel. Well, all these shots aren't working, and you're having a massive amount of people who are hitting like multiple COVID waves. And their hospitals are being overrun. And they're getting sick. And it's like, well, what the hell? All those people have third booster shots. So either one, there's some type of uh, new crazy disease, some crazy new virus that we all need to be worried about. Or the vaccines don't work and they're actually, and the vaccines are the ones that are actually killing people and making people sick. Now, we're going to close this segment out with COVID with uh, a couple sound clips. Before we get, you know, before we get to the sound clips, there's two other pieces of information that I want to hit on. Um, I was on Twitter, and there was a picture. Somebody in New York took a picture of some business, some clothing business, small business or whatever, where they walked in. And the mask, because I don't know if you guys know, but in New York, 
the New York City Mayor Eric Adams, um, you have a an indoor mass mandate, but it's just for kids. Uh, the picture was basically that said instead of like for like mask, it says, "Hey, picture of mask only, uh, mask only for ages two to four. Again, it's just about it's about controlling your kids." Uh, Philadelphia reinstated their indoor masking. So, again, it, it's like I said, you can only tell if COVID actually has ended if they end the COVID emergency powers. Uh, if your state has not ended the COVID emergency powers, COVID is not done. It is not ended. Um, Last piece of information before we hit up these sound clips. Uh, the FDA is floating uh, the idea around of moving the COVID-19 vaccine to a flu-like model, which that means a yearly model. A yearly, um, just like the flu, you get it seasonal, uh, but you just, instead of that, you get your flu and then you get your COVID thing every year. Now, with the two sound clips, they'll play them back to back, and then we'll get into some Russia news. Um, the first sound clip you're going to hear is uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams talking to a mom who's they're talking. They're both talking about the reinstatement of the masks, just for the kids, and you can hear that that fucking moron talk. Um, and then the last one you're going to hear a Pfizer CEO. Uh, talking about a yearly, the need for yearly COVID shots. So once those sound clips play, we're going to go ahead and hit into some Russia and Ukraine news. Hi, Mr. Mayor. Three weeks ago, you told parents to trust you, that you would unmask our toddlers. Ten days ago, you stood right here and you said that the, the masks would come off on April 4th. That has not happened. You reneged on your promise. And not only did you renege on your promise, you had your lawyers race to court on Friday night to overturn a state court. Said, no, 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 no. Let her, let her finish because you let her start. Go ahead and finish, ma'am, okay? But you got to come to a conclusion. Can't do it. Okay, get, come to a conclusion and turn on your phone so you can get my answer correctly. But come to a conclusion. Okay, how are you back on March 17th that mm. you would trust me, I will unask your toddlers. You had your lawyers race to court on Friday night, arguing that there would be irreparable harm if children under five were allowed to take off their masks today, along with their older siblings in school. So my questions are, what is the irreparable harm to children aged two to four taking off their masks, just as they do in Long Island, just as they do in Westchester? When will you, and when will you unmask our toddlers? Thank you. Uh, as I stated, as you indicated, I made the announcement that we were looking to announce today, which is Monday, to uh, take the mask off to two to four years old. But I also stated, if we see an uptick, we will come back and make the announcement of what we're going to do. We're going to pivot and shift as COVID is pivoted and shifted. There's a new variant. The numbers are increasing. We're going to move at the right pace, and that's the role I must do. That's what I stated. I'm living up to my promises. 
If I have to pivot and shift and have other adults do something different, I'm going to do so. I'm going to continue to do so. I answered your question. If you want to follow up, we could do a follow up, but I answered your question. Will every fall have to prepare ourselves for a booster shot with COVID just like we get a flu shot? I think so. Any variants are coming, and Omicron was the first one that was able to evade in a skillful way, the immune protection that we were giving. But also we know that the duration of the protection doesn't last very long. So what we are trying to do, and we are working very diligently right now, it is to make not only a vaccine that will protect against all variants, including Omicron, but also something that uh, can protect for at least a year. So you've seen some of that data on a, on a fourth dose, a second booster shot. Mm -hmm. You think it will be necessary? It is necessary, a fourth boost right now. Okay, so we're back, and we're heading to uh, – I didn't want to spend too much time on the Russia-Ukraine war because we got a lot to get to with uh, the gauge and, and just other uh, pieces of information that I needed to share also. Um, but there's just a key pieces from this topic that I wanted to get to. Uh, one of those is from uh, CBS News. Uh, top U.S. military officer expects Ukraine war to last years. So this isn't uh, – they, they want this to be the new Afghanistan war, right? Which I don't know if you, uh, who you guys have been talking to. Or listening to recently, but a lot of people have been blaming Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict on the inflation and how that's somehow causing our inflation. It's like, well, they're not wrong, but it's just the way that they think that Russia's at fault. They think that the somehow the invasion into Ukraine is somehow magically affecting our oil and that's like affecting all the other inflation kind of but really the majority of what's causing the inflation well we all know what's causing the oil crisis is uh, the Keystone Pipeline here and there's even a New York Times article um, that I'm going to read go through that talks about basically um, because it's so it's so obvious at this point of what the issue is with us not continuing with the Keystone Pipeline and Biden shutting it down. It's so obvious that even the Democrats can't deny it anymore. They can't lie about it. Right? So, we'll, we'll go into that also. But, it's also the inflation, a big issue is obviously us spending billions and billions and billions of dollars that we don't have. Billions of printed money. Um, and sending it all to Ukraine. So, you can't, you can't do that. You know, 
without uh, causing inflation. Now, Mark Levin, if you guys don't know Mark Levin, uh, he's a conservative radio host on on Fox News. Now, I used to listen to him a lot uh, because I used to have, uh, when I did uh, Lyft driving, I used to listen to Sirius Radio, and they'd have all the good, they actually have some good stuff. Um, But one of the channels I used to listen to was Conservative conservative Radio, and they would have like uh, Sean Hannity and... Mark Levin, who both Mark Levin and Sean Hannity, they're both warmongers. Um, Sean Hannity has pretty much said the same thing that Mark Levin has said, um, which he came out and said, Mark Levin came out and said, I am ashamed of the U.S. response to the Ukraine invasion. Uh, He's urging Biden to start, quote, muscling up the U.S. military, end quote. Muscling up the U.S. military, Levine. And Sean Hannity has said similar things also. He said that we should get into a nuclear war. That we should fire, straight up, Sean Hannity said we should fire a nuclear bomb. We should fire one of them first. It's just because these people, you have to understand that these people... You know, their kids aren't going to go over there. That's for damn sure. They're not going over there. That's for damn sure. So it's easy for somebody who knows that, hey, I'm not going to go over there. I'm not, I'll be safe. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to get shot at. Uh, Or also, they've never been to war. They've never been shot at. So these are the people who have no issues with putting other people in danger, right? To not defend American freedom or even American interests. No, it's let's defend Ukraine, who's not even a, they're not even a a free fucking country. It's, they throw gays off of buildings and shit. I mean, there was an article out, um, by the times where you, Ukrainians, Ukrainian uh, transgenders tried to leave the country when, um, what's his fucking name, Zelensky shut down Ukraine and said, hey, if you're 16 or older and you're a man, you're staying in this, you're staying in the country to fight. And... Some transgenders tried to leave, and they were like, "No, no, no, no!" They were like checking their Adam's apple and shit, and they're like, "No, no, no you're, you're a man. We don't care what you, uh, you know, uh, we don't care what you're telling us that you are, or what you believe you are. You're a man. You're staying in the country." But you don't hear any of that from the from 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 the other side, though, right? It's all Russia's evil, and we need to go to fucking war. Without question. 
Just like these are the same fucking people who who told you that there's uh, there's no neo-Nazis in Ukraine. And then, oh, whoopsies, there are neo-Nazis in Ukraine. <laughs> because we brought out their articles prior to, to 2022. It, it, it's funny because it's like all this stuff, like even with COVID, masks... Um, masks don't, don't, masks didn't work prior to COVID. Um, if you were immune to a virus, you had natural immunity. That's always been better. That's always been better. If you look up information on smallpox, right? Smallpox has been eradicated. The only way smallpox is coming back is if there's a bioterrorism attack which Bill Gates has talked about, by the way. Uh, the only way is smallpox, uh, it's, it's extremely deadly, extremely contagious, and I think the vaccination program for smallpox ended back in the 70s, right, because it's been eradicated. So there's no, no, there's no real no known cure to it besides that. Um but people who beat smallpox, it, they, you can look up articles. You can look up, it'll tell you. Hell, it'll still tell you for now on Google. I should probably take a picture of it before they change it. Um, that if you had smallpox back in when, it, when people had smallpox back then, um, and you got over it naturally, your immunity was better than those who had a vaccine to it. So how is that any different than like if I get the flu and I naturally beat it without the flu shot? How is that? How are those two things any different than COVID? Right? What changed? The politics. That's what changed. Science never changed. The political science changed. Just like with Ukraine, right? You've got a bunch of fucking articles that you can look up that from 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 CNN, from Times, from Vox, MSNBC, CBS, all from all these mainstream uh, liberal stations, where it's a uh, where it's article after article on how Ukraine has a neo-Nazi problem. Ukraine throws gay people off of rooftops. Uh, you know, Ukraine doesn't support uh, gay people. Um, on and on and on. So, what? What? What changed? After basically, I would say, you know, 2021. What what changed? You know, it's the same people who say, that, oh, there were no... Uh, Ukraine doesn't have any biological weapon labs. What? No, there's no bioweapon labs in Ukraine. That's a conspiracy theory. And then a week later... Yeah, there's bioweapon labs in the Ukraine. 26 of them, to be 
to be exact. And then, well, now, and this is an article from the Epoch Times, now the Pentagon's coming out and they're saying that there's no, I'm not making this up, it's an actual quote, no offensive biologic weapons in Ukraine biolabs from the Pentagon. Quote, there are no offensive bioweapons in the Ukrainian laboratories that the United States has been funding, a Pentagon official to- told Congress on April 1st. Right, and we're supposed to just believe that, just like we were supposed to believe that uh, the NIH and Fauci weren't funding the Wuhan lab and didn't purposely release the COVID virus, which we now know to be true. That doesn't come from bats, it came, came from man, it's man-made. So, and now there's a, a quote, unequivocally, no offensive biological weapons in Ukraine laboratories that the United States has been involved with. It's just a full out blatant lie. Full out. Um, I mean, and they, this is actually really good. They actually brought up a report from 2005. According to a Pentagon fact sheet released in March um, since 2005, uh, the United States has invested approximately $200 million in Ukraine, supporting 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites. Folks, you can name it any way you want. Diagnostic sites, health facilities, Ukrainian laboratories, um, offensive bio labs, whatever the hell you want. It's a fucking bio weapon lab. Now, I don't think I have any videos for um, the Russia-Ukraine conflict here. Just check real quick. No, I don't. So, that's going to do it for the Russia-Ukraine topic. Um, On the next segment, we've got a lot to get into with the uh, more out of the Disney gay agenda. It seems like now uh, they've all coming out of the war. They're all coming out of the, the woodworks, right? They have all known that they've been exposed, and so now instead of shutting up, now they're just coming out even more and telling us the truth and just being really just honestly just blatant with it. So we'll get into that when we come back. Okay, welcome to uh, segment three here. Uh, we're going to be getting to the Disney gay agenda. Now, there's 
we've got a lot of sound clips that we're going to play. So I'm going to try and do as little talking as I possibly can with this, but we've got two sound clips from Greg Reese talking about Kajari Jackson. That's like four minutes. And he talks about one with Disney and the pet and the pedophile history. That's four minutes. Then we have another one with Dr. Oz is, uh, does a, his own segment. Um, it's like a short minute clip on transgenderism. Um, then, uh, the teacher, uh, there's a little short clip on a teacher, um, basically treating the kids as dogs and basically talking to them about their pronouns. Uh, and then we got Denzel at the very end. I think we're going to use the Denzel clip of a short clip of him talking about being a man and a father. Uh, we're going to use that at the very end uh, before we segue into other information. So let's get into it. Uh, the Disney uh, Air came out as uh, as trans. So I don't, I don't know what the fuck that means. The Air to Disney, uh, I guess the corporation of Disney, they did the Air to own it. Uh, so yeah, he came out as trans. So he's basically it's just telling everybody... It's funny because when this don't don't ask don't say because the whole thing with the the Disney and the pedophile stuff it was always some kind of conspiracy very hush hush and now it's almost like DeSantis came out and put out this I hate saying the don't say gay bill because it's not that but everyone calls it don't say gay bill. So we'll just call it that. But that's not what it is, though. It's not a don't say gay bill. I've explained it in my last episode. There's nothing in there that says you can't talk about being gay. You just can't tell somebody that's in elementary school um, that to go home and, you know, ask your dad how to jerk off. You know? Or to tell of second grader how to pleasure herself. I mean, anybody who doesn't see something wrong with that, like you're, you need to look in the mirror and you need to figure out whether or not you're the pedophile. Now, LA County bans official travel to Florida. I don't know what that means. It's so what they can't I'm guessing it's like private companies like they're not gonna pay for travel to Florida you know like we, I'm guessing they're not gonna hey we, we're not gonna do any more flights to Florida that's retarded I'm sure it's just like that county like they're not gonna um, basically any type of work related anything that's work related they're not gonna like if you, you go to a conference or something like that yeah, they're not going to have in Florida anymore, right? Uh, because the left, what the left has done is is basically come out and labeled Florida as some anti-gay state and California and New York are like the gay haven. 
Um, there's a, a, an article that I'm trying to pull up right now. Here we go. Because uh, it's this one of the other things I'm going to actually get to next. Because look at this, the gaslight. Before we get to that, uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams invites gay Floridians to live in New York. Basically, you know, what we talked about previously, you come out of the anti-gay state and come live here. I highly doubt anybody's going to make that move because of how expensive shit is in, in, uh, in New York. And, uh, you know, plus up in New York, you know, you got to wear a mask. You don't have to in Florida. Now, uh, Disney, this was funny. Before we get into the California bill, um, Disney condemns don't say gay bill. So the Disney came out, condemned it, saying we don't support this. Um but what Disney does support, though, is um, launching the Disney Plus app in Saudi Arabia, which Saudi Arabia is known, um, widely known, to be one of the 13 countries in the world where being gay is punishable by death. So Disney comes out and condemns Florida for a uh, don't say gay bill that doesn't exist. Um, but they have no problem with launching their Disney plus, uh, app in Saudi Arabia where you can literally get killed for being gay. Um, I guess money talks, right? Uh, I guess that just, you know, comes down to just that. Now, before we get to the sound clips, the California bill, AB two, two, three, now, I was looking it up because uh, I saw it trending on social media where basically it's, it's California's pushing a bill, an assembly bill, an assembly bill where it'll legalize uh, women can basically kill their baby a week after birth. Now, as I'm looking this up, I immediately notice when you type it in, the good old page after page after page of fact checkers, disinformation, misinformation, um, claim, and then, you know, know the fact about the bill. And so I was like, um, okay, well, I mean, that's what it says in the bill. So, I mean, this is interesting. Like, so I clicked on one of the articles here just to kind of see what what the other side is is trying to basically twist it around as. So this is coming from um, the Berkshire Eagle. I just, clicked on the, I just clicked on the first one, folks. Okay, I wasn't trying to get CNN or anything. But this is just from the Berkshire Eagle. Uh, from April 9th, 2022. Headline, misrepresents a California reproductive health bill. Claim, a California bill would allow mothers to kill their babies up to seven days after birth. The facts. The bill in California legislature, AB 2223, is being falsely represented. 
It does not legalize the killing of infants. Social media users made the fall oh, sorry, social media users made the false claim while sharing a headline that incorrectly suggested the proposed bill would legalize infanticide. California introduces a new bill that would allow mothers to kill their babies up to seven days after birth, reads the erroneous headline of a story published by the Miami Standard, a conservative website. Oh, conservative website. Um, But that's not what the legislation would do. The bill eliminates a requirement that a coroner must investigate deaths related to to suspected self-induced or criminal abortion. Huh. Okay, reading on. The coroner statements on certificates for a fetal death could not be used to pursue a criminal case against the mother. This bill was introduced by Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, a Democrat representing the East Bay. Its aim is to protect women who end a pregnancy or have a miscarriage from being investigated persecuted or incarcerated according to Aaron, uh, Aaron Ivy a spokesperson for Wix who told the Associated Press quote the bill is specific to pregnancy and pregnancy related outcomes and does not decriminalize the murder of babies in the weeks after birth Ivy said social media users making a false claim cited a line in the bill stating that a person would not have criminal liability in the event of per- parent natal death um, a period of time following a birth the bill does not establish a time frame around the perinatal the Miami Standard article defines the period as up to 7 days or more the the outlet wrote in response to the AP that uh, the perinatal is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as at or around the time of birth This could extend up to 28 days after the infant has been born. The outlet included statements by several attorneys from pro-life organizations arguing the wording could decriminalize killing infants. The term perinatal death in the bill is intended to mean the death of an infant caused by complications in the pregnancy, according to Ivy. To clarify the term, Wicks added a new amendment to the bill on Monday changing the wording to perinatal death due to a pregnancy-related cause. Even without the new amendment, uh, the bill wouldn't have allowed for infanticide or murder of an infant days after it's, bro- after it's born, since homicide is illegal. Okay, I'm going to fucking quit reading this. Um, so they're just twisting real words, folks. Um, this bill would allow the legalization of killing uh, babies uh, with up to seven days after birth. Basically, you if you didn't, you could always be like, "Oh, uh, it's a problem with uh, my pregnancy," or if you wanted to have it killed, right, um, up to seven days after birth, then nothing would really happen to you because the coroner wouldn't be able to investigate why you killed the baby. That's like saying, that's like saying, um, you know, 
hey, we're not saying that looting is bad. Or we're not introducing a, a law or a bill that's saying that, hey, looting is now legal. Looting is still illegal. You still can't do it. Um, but if you do go out and loot a target, um, you know, uh, the police won't show up. The police won't show up and arrest you, um, and even if they do, you won't be you won't be prosecuted. No charges will be you know you'll be just kind of processed and you'll just leave. Well, then that means that there's if I go do that looting, then I know nothing's going to happen to me, which kind of makes it legal, right? It's 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 kind of like it's kind of like shoplifting nowadays. You go in, you know that most of the, if not all the, um, the asset protection, loss prevention, whatever you want to call it, um, they're hands off, meaning they can't touch the shoplifter after they've exited the building, the building with stolen merchandise. So they know they can just go in and if, as long as they, steal anything under than under 950 bucks um nothing's really going to happen to them at worst they'll get processed and they'll leave the same day sure is it illegal to shoplift sure but does anything happen to these people no so it it runs rampant that's going to be the same thing with this bill so it, it's just Twisting, it's just democratic, liberal bullshit, uh, and they're just twisting shit around. Now, you know, I was going to read this, the next one. Yeah, I'll read it now before we get into the sound clips. we got some time. Um, I was going to save this for the other news, but I'll, I'll get to it now. Um, we spoke about earlier about uh, how Dr. Oz had a segment on transgenderism and you listen, folks, you, you gotta, you, I'll play the sound clip first. I'll play that first before everything else. Um, Basically, Dr. Oz has a whole sound clip, a whole segment of the show basically on how transgenderism is normal now. Millions of Americans go through it, and little kids now more than ever um, realize that they don't want a penis or realize that they, if you're a female, that you want one. And that's okay. So he came out and did that, and he was the same also with Dr. Oz who came out and, you know, he's valiantly supported push the vaccines. Well, you see, this is exactly why I want DeSantis to run in 2024. Because little by little, you're having Trump come out and do more stupid shit. According to the Epoch Times, Trump endorses Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania Senate race. Former President Donald Trump endorsed Dr. Oz for the Pennsylvania Senate on Saturday, so this past weekend. 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to read this whole fucking article. Um, but it's just like, it just goes to show it's like, okay. So what what is their relationship between Dr. Oz and Trump? Is it strictly vaccines? I don't get it. But it's like, I don't agree with how Trump's pushing out this fucking vaccine shit. He still loves it. And now, whether he knows it or not, I don't give a shit. Um, he's pushing somebody who thinks that transgenderism is normal and millions of Americans go through it. So, again, it's either one, Trump knows, and this is kind of about money for him. I don't fucking know. Or he's not paying attention to shit around him, which I think that's what it is, including the vaccines. Like, he's just not paying attention to shit. He's not listening to people who he should be listening to. Now, we're going to end this segment uh, with some sound clips. The first one's going to be this forum. The first one's going to be Dr. Oz on uh, transgenderism. Then the next one is going to be uh, a, a teacher who she's kind of interacting with her kids, the uh, her students. Um, <clears throat> basically, she's clapping at them like, like they're fucking dogs, and she's getting them to respond to her like they're dogs. They're even barking. And then she talks to her about how they understand their pronouns and 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 you know all that good all that good jazz, right? So then we're gonna have one on Greg Reese. He's gonna talk about Kajari Jackson, um, who just got appointed with a Senate member by Biden. She loves pedophiles, so you'll hear four minutes from that. And then right after that, you'll hear another Greg Roos report on um, the history of the Disney pedophiles. And then we'll come back to other news, um, which we'll just kind of blow through. And then we'll kind of save the Denzel Washington thing for last. So here are the sound clips. A decision to let your child live as the other sex even alter their body. It's an area of intense debate. Today you'll meet families coping with this astonishing reality. What does it mean to be a boy? What does it mean to be a girl? Those two simple questions are infinitely complex and gut-wrenching for parents of children who are born transgender. I'm a Eight-year-old Josie was born Joseph. Physically, she's a boy. But from the time she could talk, Josie knew she was a girl. Her sex on the outside didn't match how she felt on the inside. And that's how every transgender child feels. Children like Josie may start showing signs of transgender as early as two or three. This extraordinary condition is not as rare as you might think. It's estimated that three million Americans believe they were born the wrong sex. 
transgender shakes up all of our ideas about what makes us male or female. Does gender come from our anatomy or from our thoughts and feelings? While science looks for answers, what are parents of transgender children to do? How I greet my fourth graders. Yes, beautiful. How's everybody doing today? Yes. Amazing. I love this. Class is already over, so we're just kind of hanging out. Um, what are my pronouns, y'all? They So they all know my pronouns. All right, let's try this. One, two, three, all eyes on me. because I'm a non-binary teacher. So to my fourth grade class, what do you guys call me? Teacher Roby. And y'all are cool with that? Yes. Exactly. Ooh. It's that simple. Meet your new Supreme Court judge, Ketanji Jackson. In every single case involving child pornography, Judge Ketanji Jackson has been lenient and openly sympathetic with the perpetrators of child rape pornography. Christopher Michael Downs openly bragged about molesting his 13-year-old cousin. He was arrested for trading videos of child rape, including children as young as two years old. Judge Jackson gave him the absolute bare minimum sentence. Ryan Manning Cooper was arrested for having more than 600 images involving the rape and torture of children, including infants and toddlers, which is why the prosecutors made it clear that the case was on the more egregious or extreme spectrum. But Judge Jackson disagreed and ruled that distributing images of infants and toddlers being raped is not especially egregious. Wesley Keith Hawkins posted videos of 11-year-old boys being raped by men. Jackson only gave him three months, sent him to a low-security prison, arranged for special protections, and apologized to him, telling him that she feels so sorry for him and his family and for the anguish that this has caused all of them. In explaining her light sentence, Judge Jackson argued for the child pornographer's future potential. Six years later, he was arrested again for distributing child rape porn, and Jackson resentenced him to only six months in a residential re-entry center. Neil Alexander Stewart was arrested with hundreds of images and videos of child rape while trying to procure children between the ages of 5 and 11 to rape them. Judge Jackson admitted that the felon was likely to re-offend, but still gave a light sentence, arguing that the current recommendations for child sex offenders is outdated and substantially flawed. Three years later, Stewart reoffended. This is how Judge Jackson got her start. In 2009, President Obama nominated her to vice chair the U.S. Sentencing Commission, where she helped weaken federal sentencing policy for child pornographers by arguing that child pornographers are not pedophiles which is similar to how Hillary Clinton got her start when she defended a group of men who violently gang-raped a child and later joked how she knew they were guilty. It's also very interesting that when the biggest pedophile scandal in history broke, 
Judge Jackson was there. After WikiLeaks released the Podesta emails, millions of people were asking questions about a strange coded language being used between President Obama, Hillary Clinton, and their friends. A code that seemed to reflect what the FBI says is secret code for pedophiles. The whole sordid mess became known as Pizzagate, and when the Fed's cleanup operation ended up in the courts, Judge Ketanji Jackson was there to help tidy it all up. I'm sure this is all just a coincidence. Just like it was a coincidence that the world's most infamous pedophile blackmail artist killed himself in jail while the guards were surfing the internet. And just like it's a coincidence that Congress has paid out millions of dollars in court settlements that involve sexual assault. In some parallel universe, there may be an Earth that protects its children from pedophiles and other child predators, but not this one. On this Earth, we pay them taxes and sacrifice our children to them. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. After Governor Ron DeSantis signed an anti-groomer bill into law that prevents school teachers from engaging five-year-olds about homosexual sex acts and radical transgender ideology, the groomers have come out of the woodwork, and many people are waking up to the dark side of Disney. Investigative journalist Christopher Rufo has outlined a partial list of Disney employees who have been arrested for child sex crimes. Robert Kingsolver was a service manager who oversaw ride repairs at the Magic Kingdom. He was arrested in 2014 for soliciting sex from an agent posing as a 14-year-old girl. Alan Treister, a concierge at Animal Kingdom Lodge, who used to work at Disney's popular Toy Story ride, advertised himself online as Big Teddy Bear for Younger Chaser and confessed to having sex with a 15-year-old boy he groomed online. Animal Kingdom Lodge gift shop worker Paul Fazio was convicted of downloading child pornography videos showing sexual activity with adults and children. Character actor Patrick Holgerson was arrested in 2014 after sending nude photos online while trying to meet up with a 13-year-old boy. Justin Hazan, an operator on the Millennium Falcon ride, and Arlandra Sims, a food runner at the Animal Kingdom Resort, were busted in 2020 for selling child pornography with victims as young as four years old. Disney Cruise Line youth host Oliver Lavat was arrested in 2019 for molesting a 10-year-old boy aboard the Disney Magic Ship's Oceaneer Kids Lab after blindfolding the child and spinning him around several times as part of a game. In 2012, an 11-year-old girl was groped and kissed in an elevator by 33-year-old Milton Braganza, a dining server on the Disney Dream. A cruise line security officer was told by Disney officials to keep her mouth shut and do nothing. Two days later, when the ship arrived in Nassau, Braganza admitted to the Bahamas police that he molested the girl. 
and was then taken to the airport where Disney arranged for his flight back home to India. Last year, Hollywood Studios custodians Jonathan McGrew and Savannah Lawrence were caught attempting to have a threesome with a 13-year-old. McGrew said that the couple's fantasy was to play stepdad, stepdaughter, stepmother. Animal Kingdom Lodge lifeguard Kenneth Aquino was arrested after trying to have sex with a 13-year-old, showing up in his Disney work clothes. Of course, child predators will naturally seek employment at Disney, but it's everywhere within the company. Director of music publishing John Healy was charged with three felony counts of child sexual abuse in 2017. Vice President Michael Laney was convicted of sexually abusing a seven-year-old girl in 2019. Both actor-producer Brian Peck and director Victor Salva were rehired by Disney after they served time for raping children from the set. The subliminal sexualization of children has demonstrably been a part of Disney's work for generations, embedded into their animations. Several whistleblowers have claimed that Disney has been used since its very beginning as a form of mind control and MKUltra, most famously for their Project Monarch princess programming of little girls. So it's really no surprise that Disney's corporate president admittedly wants to flood Disney stories with the so-called LGBTQIA agenda, which we now understand to be code for pedophilia. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, welcome to the last segment of this episode. Uh, we're just going to go through some uh, miscellaneous articles and information that we kind of either didn't get to or we um, ended up did not. It's not really fitting the topics that we were earlier talking about. Now we have a um, a couple clips. I wanted to start off with the CNN disinformation clip. I wonder if I, yeah. Yeah, so we'll start off with Alex Jones. It's about a minute talking about China and BlackRock. Um, and then we'll. it's going to go hit straight into a CNN disinformation clip. Basically, a couple of, they had some kind of dis, literally a disinformation conference at some college, university, and where a couple of students get up and they're questioning Brian Stelter and the crew on, you know, basically that, hey, aren't you guys disinformation? And some of the answers that these fucking people give, it's literally the definition of gaslighting. So you'll have to listen to that whole clip. Um, and then once we'll, we'll get back to um, some articles after those clips. The multinational mega banks headed up with BlackRock and Vanguard and the private Federal Reserve have set China up to replace the United States. And we're now entering the official phase of the end of the dollar. This country 
will look like Venezuela in just a couple years if this actually happens. All of the major banks and the CIA and the entire federal government at the top is doing exactly what you do to burn down the U.S. economy and shut us down and use economic warfare on us. This new global system to rise with China at the heart of it, America had to fall. You're under industrial military attack. China and India have officially left the dollar and the dollar's dropping. The globalists have got it all set up to censor everybody and shut everybody down and cause a civil war while they finish the country off. Deliberately shutting us down to bring us to our knees. And your country is literally dying on the operating table right now. Uh, my name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. Uh, my question is for Mr. Seltzer. Uh, you've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation. Uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jussie Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the, uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? It's too bad. It's time for lunch. <laughs> you have 30 uh, seconds. No, I mean, there's a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds. But, but I think my honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing, and they tried to help. They tried to help them get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing, and they tried to help. They tried to help them get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough, though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business. The people don't see, the people don't hear. They imagine that it's a, a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have a lot of work to do, I think. Let's take a... Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. I'm Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. My question is for Ms. Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote...
those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is I think totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or, I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I, I didn't find, I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that, that would be my problem with the, that as a, as a major news story. Uh, we're going to talk about more of this uh, tomorrow in our first uh, panel. So stand by. Um, and I, so welcome back as we finish up the second part of the last segment here. Um, you just finished listening to, uh, CNN and part of their, their disinformation conference that they had, uh, as I said before, literally, if you haven't seen the video right behind uh, Brian Stelter is a big lettering. This is CNN, uh, like how to combat disinformation or something like that. Um, but during the video, when he was asking Stelter, basically, Hey, all this stuff that you guys lied about in the past, you know, the Russia collusion, the the Jesse Smollett just to name a few, you guys were completely wrong about that. So, like basically, you know, how do we know you guys aren't information, or uh, how do we know that you guys aren't disinformation? And Brian Stelter's response to it is just total gaslighting. It's. Well, you must be watching a different uh, channel than I am. Basically saying, again, gaslighting, hey, the sky's blue. You must not be looking at the same sky that I'm looking at. The sky that I'm looking at is green. You'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? The sky's fucking blue. Nope. You're not looking at the same sky that I am. The sky is green. In hopes that you'll start to look at the sky differently. You know, maybe, you know everybody else believes that it's green. Maybe it is green. And then you know that it's fucking blue. But you'll start to... Your mind will start to be warped into thinking... That. It's green. It's the same thing. It's you must watch a different channel than I am. Okay. That's and then he goes into saying that that's a popular uh, right wing uh, narrative. So at no point, and when you guys heard it, at no point did Stelter, and then he said something about him dropping everything and saving some journalists from her country. Who gives a shit? 
he said absolutely nothing about all the shit that they lied about in the past. Except basically just to say, um, I don't know what you're talking about because you're not watching the same channel that I'm watching. Total gaslighting. And the second guy that was talking to, I forget what what the chick's name was, uh, talking about the Hunter Biden laptop and why they didn't talk about it. And she said, it's uh, highly irrelevant. And it had nothing to do because uh, he's brought up a poll that was uh, that's been going around, basically saying like thirty percent of Biden voters would have voted for Trump if they would have known about the Hunter Biden uh, laptop. And Hunter Biden, he's she's basically saying, "Hey, it's it's just it wasn't irrelevant to the election." And it was just really just it wasn't it wasn't interesting. I mean, these are the same fucking people that are telling you that the vaccine's safe and that little boys um, can uh, can tuck their dicks behind into their ass and get pregnant. Now, we already talked about the Trump, how Trump endorsed Dr. Oz in the Pennsylvania Senate race, uh, and how I disagreed with that. Uh, we have U.S. The United States hit hitting a eight point five percent inflation rate, the highest it's been since the seventies, uh, and it's just going to keep going higher. The more money that Biden the more billions that Biden sends over to the Ukraine, the higher that's going to get. Um, I saw some fucking regular steaks at Costco today that were normally like 40 bucks, 50 bucks even. Um, and they were almost like 80 bucks. One of them was a hundred dollars for a regular fucking steak. It's insane. Um, Biden announces restrictions on ghost guns today. Um, basically what this really means is sure on the outside, you can think, well, nobody needs a ghost gun. You know, um, if you want a gun, you can go and get it registered and you can have it. Um, basically what this is, is. Is you're supposed to a ghost gun? It again, it only affects law-abiding citizens. A criminal is not going to give a fuck about what restrictions Biden announces. So this is just yet another step closer to what their real agenda is, and that's basically being like Australia and banning all 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 weapons. And you have to turn in your fucking rifles. That's what that is. Uh, meanwhile, in Texas, uh, as far as illegal immigration, the Texas governor uh, is sending uh, illegals that are coming across, is flooding across his border. He's busting them all. 
straight to DC. And he's going to drop them off in DC and let them deal with it, which I think is fucking fantastic. Um, Biden wants to cause a problem. Cool. Drop them off right at the fucking doorstep of Congress, of the Capitol. DeSantis is doing something similar in Florida. He's busting them all the way to uh, Biden's home state in Delaware. Uh, I'm looking here. I don't think I have any more clips. Um, but there's another th- article that I, that I kind of passed on here. It's uh, it's called Live Longer Than 150 Years. It's from like this metaverse thing. Um, and there's like a TED Talk um, video that's kind of attached to it. It's from the Science Times uh, Tech and Innovation. Um, basically it's live longer for 150 years in the metaverse, but only if you are willing to permanently leave your physical body and become a living app. Yeah. So basically it goes into how in the future, this is how, how everyone's going to be. It's, you're not going to die. It's you're just going to transfer your consciousness into a, an AI computer, basically into the metaverse and you'll be able to live as an avatar in the metaverse. And you know what? I hate to say it, but I think people would fucking, I think people would fucking do it. Because majority of people are so fucking self-centered and selfish that uh, they would have no issues with wanting to to live forever. But it's like you're not these fucking idiots. You're you're not living forever. All this whole metaverse stupid shit. Um, For the people who are into the metaverse, it's like you guys have to understand that none of this stuff, it's all going to be the same bullshit where that you have now. Where you had to basically think of it the metaverse as like a big club, right? And you, you have to pay to, you're eventually going to have to pay to get in. Um, you want to do stuff in this club, uh, in this metaverse, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to do certain things to get into these certain spots. Um, people with more money, just like in the real world are going to have, um, you know, they're going to buy up all the land and they're going to control celebrities and big politicians and whatever, maybe even corporations like Walmart will buy up some shit in the metaverse and they'll control it all. And basically you'll be just you'll be living in another version uh, that's just like reality except the metaverse where you're being controlled and you'll have people who are wealthy in the in the in the metaverse and you're going to have poor people in the metaverse. That's pretty much what it's going to be like. Um I was going to go through the uh, Time Magazine here, 
but it's 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 a pretty long lengthy articles i mean i could literally go through this whole there's so much in here um but i'm not going to get into it um this will take me pretty much about an hour just this magazine uh so we can get into that at another time another day possibly but i want to finish out with uh, elon musk and how he uh i don't know if you guys have heard the he's owned uh, i think like nine percent of a stake a stakeholder um into twitter so there's a lot of people freaking out um when i say a lot of people i mean liberals that are freaking out and thinking oh my god like this could mean the the end of uh of freedom and and then and and now uh, am i just hearing this from some some random people no no i'm seeing it all over social media and then if you just even type in Google, type into something Google like Elon Elon Musk. That's all you gotta do is type in Elon Musk on the computer, and that's what you'll find. You'll find uh, something from here on the Washington Post perspective. Elon Musk's vision of free speech will be bad for Twitter. Uh, Musk has been open about his preference at Twitter. Do less to restrict speech that may that many see as hateful, abusive, or dangerous. Huh. I am old enough to remember that it was about two, three weeks ago, where and more than about a month ago, when um Facebook came out and said that they would allow hate speech. Um, as long as it was towards uh, Russian businesses and people, and that they would even allow um, death threats to to Putin on social media. I guess it just depends on the hate speech, right? Uh, another thing from the, from the Washington Post: Elon Musk's Twitter investment could be bad news for free speech. From LA Times, what would free speech look like on Elon Musk's Twitter? From the Hill, Elon Musk free speech absolutists may be Trump's Twitter ticket. From MSNBC, Elon Musk buying Twitter stock raises free speech questions. The Tesla CEO thinks he's protecting free speech. He's showing us how easily it could go away. CNN opinion. How Elon Musk could end up being a game changer for Trump. So it's because these people on the left, like they don't want free speech. And I heard, I was listening to the Joe Rogan thing today. Um, he had, what's his fucking name? Uh, Bill Mayer, Bill Maher. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, Bill Maher on his show. And Bill Maher was talking about how he believes Republicans are against free speech 
And it's just like, I don't know what world these people live in. You know, I really don't. It's how they can come out and basically just be like, oh, we're going to cancel everybody. Because you know what it is? It's, it's they think it's the same reason of why they don't see really any issue with um, the election being stolen. Like they knew it was stolen, but they don't see the, they don't really care because it, it, to them, it's like defeating the Nazis. It's like, yeah, well, sure, we broke into a, a Nazi's home. And we killed him and his, and his wife and children. But, yeah, that's is that bad? Sure. But, it, but it, it's acceptable. It needs to be accepted because he's a Nazi. So we're okay. That's how they see things. So as long as it's against something that they hate, right? Not something that's, that's hate speech. Okay. Because there's there's speech there's hate speech, right? And then there's speech that people hate. There's a difference. You can hate someone's speech. You can hate someone saying certain things. That that doesn't mean you get to fucking cancel them. That doesn't mean that 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 you have the the fucking power. To just stop that person from talking and saying shit. Um, that's going to... I think that we're going to wrap it up. So... We're going to end... The segment... Uh, we're going to end the episode with uh, the Denzel Washington on... Uh, being a man and, and, a, and a father... Um, there's something with him that was quoted a few years ago. Um, but listen, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, seriously, I really appreciate it. I, I'm not going to do the YouTube. I've decided I'm not going to do the YouTube live, um, in order for me to really take advantage of, of that Avenue. I would have to do that every day and I do not have the time to do that. Unlike other people, great for them. I don't have the time to do that every day um, and be on live and edit videos and put in music. I don't have time for that. Uh, so I love what I'm doing here with Spotify and with Anchor with the podcast. So I'm going to keep it with that. I was going to do a website, but the website is way, uh, it's kind of expensive to keep it going. So I'm not paying money for that. Um, but I, what I did pay money for was for some merchandise. So I custom made a t-shirt. It already came in. I actually really like the t-shirt, to be fucking honest with you. Um, but I'm still waiting on the hat. I'm still waiting on the um, the mug. I think it's a coffee mug that I got. So whatever one I like the most, um, who knows, maybe all of them, um, you know, I'll order a few more and we'll, you know, I'll put it up on Instagram, which on Instagram you can follow me at, at podcast underscore RBF TTT. So 
you can follow me there and you get all the updates from the with the with what's happening with the Spotify podcast. And then also um, you'll be getting um, updates soon on the merchandise that's going to be coming out. So if you want merchandise, hit me up in the in the message board once I once I post what it looks like. And um, yeah, just give me your your you know your information at that time and we'll send something to you. Or I think there's an actual link on Instagram that I can actually do to sell product. Um, I'll have to figure it out, but it will be figured out and I will be getting up some merchandise soon. Um, yeah, that'll do it folks. So again, thanks for listening and, uh, yeah, stay, stay on Instagram. Keep, keep following me and, uh, look for the next one. talk about african-american men and how this movie speaks to them pain is passed down from father to son and son to son a lot of pain in troy's life is a result of the pain and damage from his father that he then visits on his son we have to as black men be mindful of that sometimes it's unfair and sometimes we take it out on those we love and, and I'm, I'm 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 guilty of that frustration that we all have but we have a responsibility and a duty to be fathers, not to just make babies, but to be real fathers. And you can't expect any good to come to you if you don't visit any good on your son or your daughter. So be a man.